Hello and welcome to the Madison podcast. My name is Ben Lavender, also known as New York's favorite British mortgage broker. Welcome. And today we have another very lovely special guest, Miss Diana Romero from Compass. Welcome, Diana. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> You're welcome. You're very welcome. We're excited to have you on. Um, I know that you have a lot that you can offer our audience, particularly people in the business. Um, because you are quite successful, not to you know overly brag on your behalf. I'll brag for you so you don't have to, so Thank don't you. worry. Please um, spare me. Yeah. So I know that you've had good success on social, but before we get into all that, tell the audience, please, a little bit about yourself. Like, how did you start in the business? What made you get into the business? Because I, I feel, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that most people, like, don't really grow up thinking to themselves, oh, I want to be a realtor, I want yeah. to be a loan officer. We all kind of just like fall into this business, at least most of us. So so tell us please a little bit about that story. So I joined the business seven years ago, um, mm. but I say that I've actually been in it six because I did take a year off in between. And I would say that I started more so, um, well, I do have a brother who's in real estate. He became a realtor several years before I did and he had kind of been like, you know, putting it in the back of my head that it's something I should think about. I I had, I guess, like the outside perception of real estate that it was very pushy, very salesy. So I was like, that's not my personality at all. I no, would suck at this. Not at all. I, um, I didn't think I, it just didn't seem to interest me at all. Um, so I would say the real inspiration was probably, um, I had a best friend at the time who was an entrepreneur he owns his own fashion brand, he does a whole bunch of things, but just seeing kind of his lifestyle of having his own business, at the time I was working a nine to five um, that I had been at for 10 years already. Um, he really inspired me to try to see what could I do where I could work for myself. Um, we had began traveling together like with a group of friends and I really wanted that flexibility to be able to travel, to work for myself and just have more of an independent lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So I can't say that it was this big like awakening um, for real estate specifically, because at the time I didn't know how I'd feel about it, but it's what pushed me to even give it a shot um, and take the course and all of that. Okay, so it was really the lifestyle appeal for you. Right, I just wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to run my own business. So that's what called me to try it. And then after I was in it for a while, I was like, oh, I really like this. It's a fun business. Yeah. It's a fun business. And it's true that we are essentially our own bosses, but at the end of the day, our clients are our bosses. I was just right? going to say, well, what I saw from the outside of like having my own schedule is not really what it is because, um, as you know, your schedule revolves around everyone else's schedules. Yeah. Um, it's but not it all is, that it's cracked up to be. It's not, not as much free time as I thought. Yeah. If you're Quite busy. the opposite. Quite yeah. the opposite. But. but it does allow flexibility. I mean, you know, we are very lucky that we can, you yeah. know, do certain parts of the job from anywhere. Um, you don't have to be sitting in an office with a specific time frame. Um, and, I, and I like that. I really do enjoy that. I enjoy the people aspect. I enjoy that every day is different. It's not the same. And like you have to have self-discipline, too. Right, oh, yeah. because when you're Definitely. when you've got all this, like, okay, you can come and go as you please, and if you're not the type of person that says, okay, I'm gonna wake up and make these calls, right. then I do get asked that a lot. Like, I feel like a lot of people ask me, you know, I'm thinking to getting into real estate to do it part time or to do, you know, 
what do you think of it? And I never want to discourage someone from trying it, but I definitely stress that it's not um, as easy as it looks. It's definitely not as much free time as you think you're going to have, and yeah. it requires a lot of self-discipline and just being honest with yourself. Are you that type of person that can be your own boss? Because if you're not, it's just not going to work for you. Yeah, and again, it, it comes down to that discipline, right? And it's exactly what you said, too, because a lot of people see – the fun side of the business, the showings, the accepted offers, the closings, yeah. you know, on the mortgage side, the fast closing. So I'm like, I'm speaking to someone right now, actually, who has been seriously considering getting into the business. And I'm trying to, like you said, not deter him, but tell him like, it's not easy. You're, yeah. s you're seeing all this success during a really, really great time in the market. You're and also you've been in it for a while. You exactly. can't compare somebody just starting to um, you know, to someone who's been in the business for several years, because at this point you have repeat business, on, you know, and there's so much that went on. I'm sure in your first years, yeah, you have your own stories. I have my own horror stories of the first and, year, and, that, and that's what I tell people. The first few years were, I wouldn't say hell, but they were <laughs> not <laughs> they were, pleasant. They, yeah, they, they they weren't fun. It's yeah. it's tough. The amount of rejection, the grind the grit that there's you so need. much frustration that can go on especially um i was coming from like i said a nine to five at a salary job mm -hmm. so i was used to getting paid every week the same day yeah. um and that was a huge it's tough to make that jump it, yeah it, and i i don't think i fully realized how long you know like yeah you hear people say it like you may not get paid for the first three months or the six months or whatever and like some more yeah so i was like yeah i'm fine with that but like when you're actually in it are you really going to be fine with that? So I think that um, the best scenario for yourself, what I try to tell anyone who asks me, is like come into it with a comfortable amount of savings and like be really be prepared to not make money because mentally that will help you immensely. Yeah. Then if you come with the pressure of like you know I have all these bills coming up and I didn't I didn't plan to not be working or like not making income, um, and that's just going to lead to a lot of frustration, disappointment, and you're probably not going to last. So, yes, there's, there's something that you mentioned earlier that I want to touch on, but people, I feel that pushiness, they smell the desperation. Yeah. They know when you don't have their best interest at heart. And I know with you, Diana, that you focus a lot on the relationship with your clients. It's not transactional for you. It's, you know, it's, it's a real relationship. Yeah. So something that you spoke about before is, the you know you, before you got in you had the typical the stereotypical rather idea that real estate is very pushy and i know that you don't take that approach with your clients so can you talk a little bit and this is it can be potentially a very complicated question but how do you because you need you need to push somehow or sometimes because a lot of clients especially during this market can be apprehensive about buying because we're yeah. going through a market shift even though the data says that prices are going to continue climbing because of a lack of supply for at least another four or five years. So can you talk about like how do you balance maintaining that good relationship, but also like pushing a client for their own good to make the right decision to buy a home if it is what's best for them? So I think that um, definitely one of the things that I can say I'm really proud of is the relationship that I build with my clients. I know that it's a 
phrase that's thrown around often, and I'm not saying that other people don't, um, but it can come off to someone on the outside. It definitely can come off cliche, mm. um, but I feel that I absolutely stand by it. So, and it's funny because, like you said, in this market, more than ever, I would say the relationship is what's really important, and the trust to earn the client's trust. Because when you have to tell someone to bid you know, significantly over asking because you know that that's what's going to get them the house they want. It's really hard to tell somebody to spend over what the asking price is if they don't trust you. Um, so on the client side, I could say my biggest advice is have a realtor that you that you trust and that you are willing to take their advice because in this market, it is so paramount to take your realtor's advice. Yeah. Um, it's so competitive right now, and if I am getting resistance from my client, it gets very hard to lead them to the house that they want. I mean, ultimately, we both want the same goal. If I know that you want the specific house, I'm gonna try everything possible to get it for you, but I need to know that you're you know, cooperating with me. So relationships for me is so important. Um, you know, I'm very lucky that I have made real friends through throughout the years in this business there's so many of my clients that you know I still go out to dinner with or you know invite me over for coffee and like I really appreciate that but I think every anyone would be lying if they say every single client you build that relationship with you try to you try to but unfortunately some people just it doesn't for whatever reason maybe the personalities don't click or maybe they're just not open to advice or you know and that does make it very difficult when that relationship is not there how I would say that I um, push, you know, push the relationship over the transaction is just really keeping the client's best interest in mind. Like I've had, and clients can tell you this themselves, like I absolutely will be honest and be like, I don't think this is the house for you. Mm. Um, this is don't just not that the- from a realtor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it's funny because I actually had met a lead from Zillow that I never met before. They were, um, they came in as an investor lead. They were thinking of, they wanted to look at a property that they wanted to flip. So I'd never met them before. And as soon as we walked in, like I listed everything wrong with the house and why they shouldn't buy it. And she was like, shouldn't you be trying to sell this to me? And I was like, no, I don't think that if for what you told me your goals are, this house is not going to work. If you still want to make an offer, I mean, I'm not going to tell you I, I won't put it in for you, but I want to know that I said what had to be said. Um, and I would much rather keep showing you something else that would be a good fit for you, then just push this house and then you buy it and you can't do what you want to do with it. And I imagine ironically or, or perhaps not so ironically is that you doing that just created more trust. Yeah, between the I two would of say you. so. So, you know, we, after that, like she definitely stayed in touch with me and, you know, as with Zillow leads or with leads from anywhere, you don't always know that you're going to build that connection the first time, but I really try to be honest in any situation or if there's like issues like you know a lot of CO issues or whatever like being up front and just putting everything on the table and then making letting the client make the choice I think that the best way to form the relationship is just educating clients um, so, so on that subject Diana do you find that especially with with those clients that can be a little bit more challenging to deal with in terms of when it comes to educating them or having them believe that you have that you have their best interest at heart. Do you find that they're over-educated? 
because that that's honestly what I find is that like I come the few clients that I do get that have that personality trait tend to be the ones that have done an incredible amount of reading online. They think they know everything. Mm -hmm. So is, is that something you come across too? Yes, I would say that there's definitely like there's those type the of clients, the know-it-alls that um, a lot of times they either work in finance themselves or they just have like studied the market extensively on their own. And I feel like what is put online, I'm not saying it's not true because obviously market research is market research, but sometimes like you, they don't fully trust the nuances of your specific market that you're trying say, to guide them to. It depends on the market. Yeah, it depends on the house. Like sometimes, you know, I don't know. Is it, there's so many factors that yeah. what their research can only take them so far. Um, so I would say those can be difficult because they it's it's very hard to gain like the market expert um, position with them if they feel that they know more. But then I think on the other hand, there are also some clients that are just not willing to be educated. Yeah. Um, and I think those are, are harder to work with, I would say, than the know-it-alls. And, and those, I assume, don't tend to last very long. Because they're, I know, don't know they're, if I can, if, if you're going to want to cut this out, but um, I actually, I had that experience like literally just now with a client that I gave my opinion on a house that I don't think was a good fit for various issues. Um, so I tried to educate her on what the issues were and why it would be a problem um, not only down the line in this transaction, but should she choose to resell. And I believe that she just went with another realtor that just showed it. And I, I, I think they're moving forward. I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, I'd rather lose the client because I tried to do the right thing and not be the agent that just showed it to you regardless. So. Yeah. Which is, which is the some. harder thing, but it's the right thing yeah. to do. And long term, I mean, you've been doing this seven years. Most realtors, I, I don't know what the figure is, but something like 80% quit within their first year or two. So, you know, it goes to show you that doing the right thing can keep you lasting in the business Definitely. and improve some success. And should that person have, you know, if they're going to hate a realtor down the line, it's not going to be me. Yeah. yeah, there's no point, like, just pushing yeah. someone into something. You lose sleep. You get stressed. I mean, at least uh, I do. Like, I've had yeah. multiple, multiple clients oh my God, stressful yes. situations. There's so many times that I'm like, if only they knew how much I stress over this behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, but we, we don't. But we have to remain cool, right? And, and people are we like, "Oh, this is just ones. yeah, like oh, this is just a sale for them." No, I'm like at home stressed. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it. It could be pretty rough yeah. over the years. I will say that it does get easier because at the end of the day, stressing out doesn't help you or yeah. the clients. But even yeah. to this day, I'm almost ten years in now, and I still get you know, there's there's at least a few files a year where I'm still very very yeah, stressed. Definitely. And, you know, I mean, this is such an emotional purchase for people. Yeah. Um, and as their realtor, you're like literally the middleman to their dream home. So there's so much pressure. And when things come up, obviously you want to just go into problem solving mode. But in the back of my mind, like that emotional factor is still there for me. Like I care very much and I just want to make people happy. So like the more that like, you know, when I see start things start getting shaky, like, and I mean, I know their heart is set on this house. Like it definitely like ups the ante. But there's always something that goes I wouldn't say wrong, but there's always some type oh, yeah, there's of always. hiccup. It's yeah. just, it's to be expected. And I tell clients this up front, like real estate is 
the epitome of, of Murphy's Law, at least in New York. The transactions I do out of state tend to be much smoother, but in New York there's always something and it's commonly a CO issue or a title issue yeah. on the seller side. And it's common. They're like, oh, I'm freaking out. It's like this happens all the time. Yeah. It's really normal. Don't worry. They'll but figure in, it out. Because that is their only transaction to yeah. them. Like, And to me, like, it matters a lot the experience that they had. Even though you know we can get to the closing table, sometimes I'm just like, I'm sorry that it had to be such a bumpy like such a rough way to get there um because but i think people it, it is normal but i i know for us we see it because we we're doing a lot of different deals at once so we're seeing that things are going wrong in every deal yeah um and for the buyer you know who maybe maybe this is their first time they they didn't know what to expect and um i know that the experience will stick with them and i just hope that like they know that I did everything I, I could to make it as smooth as possible, but it's just life, and they're usually not going to be 100% smooth. I can't remember my last hiccup-free deal. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> a lot happen. of them. It's, it's normal. It's yeah. normal. And also, like, I think that the way that we react to that stuff, because the, the clients see you as the realtor, us as the lender, and also the attorney as well, as kind of, you know, the, the leaders in the transaction. So... I found that when we act like whatever the issue is, is a big deal. If it truly yeah. is a big deal, then fine. But if it's not, then we just freak yeah. them out more. We just stress Absolutely. them out I more. I try to keep, you know, keep their, keep things as calm as possible. Yeah. As the um, expert, we, we must, you know, we must remain composed. And But it's true, though, because they feed off our energy. If we start freaking out and the client's like, ah, oh, Ben, you know, the seller needs three more days to close and we react, react like oh my god they need three more days yeah. to close what are we gonna do we need this we need that it's like okay as opposed yeah. to like when okay. somebody's uh when somebody's commitment is expiring and they're like freaking out it's like this is so normal yeah you just extend it like it's no it literally big deal. happened the other day and exact scenario clients like ben my commitment's expiring but i'm closing you know three days after that i'm like okay no problem it's literally two clicks of a button boom and boom and we get you a new one yeah it's really and they're like oh Okay, I feel much better. Yeah. And it's it's that simple. It's really that simple. So be be the leader to the transaction. And you can only hope that the other side is as has the same mindset because there's so many personalities involved. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe the seller's being difficult or maybe the and maybe the the listing agent is going off of that energy and you know, transmitting and sometimes it just becomes unnecessarily difficult if yes. everyone's not on the same page of like as a professionals let's try to keep this everyone happy as much as possible i i do find that a lot of unnecessary drama is created by everyone involved you know it's like it doesn't have to be like okay yeah you're laughing because you know it's like it's it's one issue that's literally it takes someone one or two sentences to explain to me what the issue is and then I i'm because you know me diane i'm very straightforward it's like okay this is how we solve it if for right. some reason that doesn't work we could also I just do this solve it i don't know why it's there's so many times and throughout the day i'm like why does it have to be like this i i have a theory that it's primarily ego driven yes yes yeah, no well, absolutely when and there's an issue, the, it makes them feel special uh i think there's a lot of ego in real estate and definitely is there <laughs> ego in real a little estate? bit really? a little bit there's a lot of ego and if there's like a male female dynamic so mm. there's so many like th there's people that are just yeah you don't you don't difficult. have to elaborate if you don't want yeah. to but uh, i i see it all the time and it's amazing or even whether it's an age dynamic or years in the business dynamic like there's always like that like 
So it doesn't have so to be it's, like this. It's, it's funny that you say that, Diana. So this is something that happens to me like minimum once a week, and I've started to make a game out of it. So as you know, good listing agents, they call the lender to verify the pre-approval. So when I can tell like that the listing agent is a talker, I'll, I'll put like a timer on my phone and see how long it, t it takes them Wait, to me tell me. How long they've been in the business? Exactly. Yeah. And the shortest amount of time I think I got was seven seconds. But on average, it's like 30 to 35. Not even like, a full minute. Yeah, not, not even a full minute. It's like, I've been doing this for 30 years. I'm like, that's fantastic. Congratulations. Things change. You know, I know yeah. people in the business that have you know, only been doing it for two years and they have more success than you and, and vice versa. I'm not saying that, but my point is, is that age in the business does not dictate how good you are at your job. You know, Absolutely. you can work the same year over and over and over again, but you're not evolving. Right. And at so, the end of the day, we're, mm. we are all doing the same job. This isn't really a job that, like... It's not rocket science. You don't get promoted. Like, you know, we're all still realtors at the end of the day. Or yeah. we're all, you know, there's... E even though we all get the same awards and the Home <laughs> Snap Award and the This yeah. Award and the That, they've totally... Like, I think it's hilarious because I didn't realize that Home Snap does it every quarter, right? I thought it was, like, once a year that, okay, you're in the top, yeah. you know, 90th percentile of so-and-so. So it's... There's a lot of that, the humble bragging, it... It goes on in our business and sometimes it's good but even like for myself I don't do it as much as I used to because I just feel that it's so saturated yeah um, and it's, it's almost like you have to do it because you want to you want people to see that you are good at your job but like I also cringe doing it yeah <laughs> so for me plus I say this all the time like every not every time I post but very often when I'm posting something whether it's just a basic post on a CTC or it's an actual video yeah, there's there's some cringe to it, right? Like I like to say, I lose a little bit of my soul every time that I post, <laughs> but it's necessary. But it is to important. I look at when I see your po your story post, like, oh, I got to clear to close in twelve days or whatever. That keeps you on the top of my mind, also, like. Precisely, and, and so that's the it point. Works. It. That's the point. I think there's yeah. just that balance of like, you know, are you are you bragging because it's helping your business or are you just bragging to me because you want to like flex that you've been in the business x amount of years like yeah. does it matter does it matter in our conversation i feel like that's typically no typically T typically no. it's yeah. someone's way of saying you have to believe everything that i say and not and literally not question everything that right. i say but i use social media the exact way that you just described it because mortgage content of course we can make it more interesting but it's not the most exciting However, it's exactly what you said. It's a top of mind tool. That's really all that it is. It's just I post once, right. two times a day, so people see, stay top of mind, and potentially keep me in mind for business. That's all that it is. So on the subject of social media, you are very, very good at it. Uh, where have you found the most success? Um, doing Instagram Reels. I feel like that feature being added by Instagram totally changed the exposure mm -hmm. for for really anybody, whatever your niche is. Do you have a particular approach to them? Uh, um, so I would say that my reels are more just, I look for like something to make real estate more entertaining or a little bit more relatable, um, something that somebody could see it and whether they've never bought a house in their life or sold a house in their life, they hmm. could just appreciate like the humor in it or something in the, um, in the quick video. I mean, reels are so short. And actually, the shorter they are, it's the, bouncing, the yeah. better. So, well, in terms of like view count and right, 
Yeah. So, you know, our attention spans as a society have gotten shorter Terrible. and shorter and shorter. Oh and I fight, I see it in myself and it like makes me sad, but <laughs> it is what it is. It's yeah, but it's it's everyone. Yeah. But it's You have to catch people's attention in like the first like two seconds of them even scrolling past your video. Um, so I really you know, I know a lot of realtors do reels to educate, which I think is great. That really hasn't been my approach in the sense of like I'm not really doing like my voice speaking about real estate topics. Like mm. I'll take like a funny trending audio and then use it to a topic. So like hopefully it'll educate you through humor. Um, Which gets much more engagement and more views, candidly. I, right? I because, think so. Because educational stuff, well, what do they call it? Like edu edutainment. Yeah, edutainment, like mixing it up. Because even like I've noticed my own stuff where it's just straight spitting facts about, you know, you need 3.5% down payment, you need 25% down payment for this. It's not it's not engaging for them, it's not interesting. So yeah. mixing it up is, is the way to go. But do you have like a particular, like let's say Diana, you're like, okay, today I need to make one to five reels and you've got, you I know, wish I was that good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll call it one or yeah, two. One. Um, but do you have like a particular process that you follow or like how you come up with the ideas and actually implement them? So my process is I honestly just save ro uh, reels as I'm scrolling through my own Instagram, doing what everybody else does, laying gotcha. in bed at night scrolling yeah. through Instagram. Um, I just save, like, sometimes I will see um, it's already like a real estate trend, mm. but sometimes it's just like a totally random audio from something else. I'm like, oh, I could do use that. And then I just save it. So I have a bunch of reels saved that I don't do because I fall behind on them. But Is it accidental though? Like you're coming across it and you're just like, okay, I could, I could use this potentially to educate on this subject. Or are you, are you mentally going through it like, okay, I need to come up with X amount of ideas. Let's spend 20 minutes going through it. Um, to be honest, I'm not that organized. So yeah. it's really just like, but that, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. We want, we want the honest raw truth. The honest raw truth yeah. is that I probably spend too much time scrolling. Yeah, but as, I as, use, as do most people though. I use it to my advantage and just save things. And then when I have the time and, I can do it. I'll go back and see which ones, um, like, oh, which ones do I feel like doing today? Sometimes I even forget what I saved, so I just go back and I'm like, what did I want to do with this one? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but also what's funny about Instagram that I didn't realize at first when I started saving things is that the trend changes so quickly. Yeah. So I'll save a, a reel and then, you know, three weeks go by where I'm too busy and I didn't record anything and then I go like to see what I saved. I'm like, this is not even trending anymore. Like it's so on the moment, day. yeah. Um, but like Which I is said, also hard to do. It takes discipline. Sometimes you have to be in the mood to do it. Yeah. You know, if you're not having, I mean, I don't have this problem, but if you're having a bad hair day or whatever, you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, you're just not like in the zone Absolutely. to do it. Absolutely. For me, it definitely takes like setting the in my head, like, all right, tomorrow I'm going to do reels. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, when you are busy, and thankfully I, I have been busy right now, it falls to the bottom of my priority list, which sucks because social media is so important as far as your marketing, your branding, um, keeping you in mind, uh, keeping you on top of people's minds. But when you're like busy showing and making offers and emails and calls and blah, blah, like it really does fall to the bottom. Yeah. Um, it's hard to do everything. But Same on my side, so don't, don't feel so bad. It's normal because you have to prioritize if you have a yeah. client calling you. You're not going like, to be like... Like, do you have active business? Yeah, or are you, wait, you know, I have to make yeah. a reel. Sorry, we can't place this offer right now. Like, exactly. no, of course. You know, the Instagram or Facebook or whatever you use is basically like 
the modern day lead generation. So, yeah. you know, you do have to dedicate time to that. And there's people that are so disciplined with like if their lead gen is doing cold calls, they'll set every day from like nine to 12 or whatever to do cold calls. Yeah. It's hard to take social media, for me at least, that seriously where I make it like on a schedule, but I actually would like to force myself, like discipline myself to whether it's like on a Monday, because I, I kind of tend to take Mondays at least a little bit quieter. Usually it's like the weekend has been crazy busy and Monday's kind of my day to like, you know, we're submitting offers or waiting to hear back on offers or whatever. Um, showings are usually quiet on Mondays. So I'm hoping to like create a schedule for myself where I am more diligent about um, using social media because there's such a huge potential in, the, in it. Do you find that it attracts particular type of leads? Um, so I have gotten buyer leads from from social media because I feel like it probably attracts people more in the, um, what are we, millennials? Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, I would say <laughs> that it attracts more millennials who are more likely to be the buyers right yeah. now than the sellers. Um, so I would say I've gotten buyer leads from or even like a rental lead from Instagram but I haven't gotten any seller leads but I don't I don't expect that as much because right. again the age demographic that is watching my content is not that they're not going to be selling ever but it's probably just not the mean Eventually. yeah but what about the quality of the leads themselves in terms of <coughs> when I say quality I don't mean like qualifications but seriousness I mean I think you could kind of tell like who's who's DMing you because they're serious or who's yeah. DMing you which is like a random question Yeah, that's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, and I think at the beginning I was answering everybody, right? Because it's like you, you know, you want to make sure that you don't miss any potential leads. But now I've kind of gotten, I'm like, this is, it doesn't feel like a real you can, conversation. Yeah, after you do it a bunch of times, you know, yeah. they're just wasting your time. They're bored. Yeah. They're some creepy dude. Right, which yes. we've spoken about in the past, the abundance of creepy dudes online. They're um, always like, the, hey, let me get your number because I need to talk to you about real estate. And I'm like... Sure. <laughs> yeah, let's go to a candlelit dinner right. tonight and just, yeah, tell me about buying a home. It's uh, it do better, men. I mean... But I have yeah. gotten quality leads. I've had buyer consultations with people that maybe weren't just ready in the moment, but they just see that I am active because I'm always posting like showings and stuff like that or inspections accepted offers things like that so they're just again brand awareness so you got both um yeah i've gotten serious leads from it yeah good so it works but it i think work. diana that's also the beauty and it's good for people to hear especially other realtors because even as a loan officer myself right like we think that we have to be on it 24 7 you're doing it fairly casually you're prioritizing your main business yeah. over social and you're still having success with it so i think that's nice because most people don't begin because they think it's like oh i have to do it every day and it's so daunting and it's basically another job in itself and listening it definitely to you depends it's not what your what your goals are like if you want to create like um like a really big social media presence you do have to be consistent because yeah the algorithm is just very unforgiving. But yeah. if you are doing it to just kind of stay on top of people's minds, you know, it doesn't take all the time. Um, even I've had like, I'll post at a showing, right? Like a quick little video, like a boomerang of the house. Yeah. And someone from high school messaged me and was like, I was literally just looking at that house on Zillow. Could we meet up to talk about it? Awesome. So it's just, it's things like that. Or like I closed um, a lead from an agent in New Jersey that she, like we connected on Instagram and she was like, oh, you're in Westchester. She sent me a referral lead. So you just never know what's going to come from it. 
Um, so dedicate time, but I can't say that I'm as disciplined as I would like to be. Yeah, but that's that's really my point is that yeah, you, you don't can have, have success to, with yeah. it and still just approach it very, very casually, which is, you know, I'm somewhere in between that. But you've also got a lot of agents and a lot of loan officers that are full, full into it and they're having success. But again, that's not the point. But also, can I make one point? I feel like... No, you can't. <laughs> no, of course. Something that I feel is really important is just seeing like yes consistency is good but also pay attention to is it working or not like if you give it an extended amount of time and it doesn't seem to be working for whatever you expect it to be whether that's like viewer viewership going up or leads or whatever like maybe you're not posting something that's like catching people's eye or like maybe it's just it's not it's interesting to you because you're in the business but maybe it's not interesting to other people like I feel like some people just get so stuck in, I was told I have to post every day to be you know, consistent, so I'm just gonna post like whatever. Like, Does it actually make sense for what you want? And I think that's like an important point. You have to adapt if it's not yeah. working. So which also takes, you have to look at yourself objectively with yeah, no ego, and it's which hard. a lot of people it's, aren't no, good at it's, doing. It's yeah. hard, but it's like, if I post you know, this, does anybody care about this? <laughs> and like, and sometimes they don't and then i have to just be honest and be like no that that w that didn't work yeah but am i going to keep doing something that didn't work or am i going to try to change it up yeah the definition of insanity right keep doing the same thing with yeah. expecting a different result so okay so you're crushing social you're awesome we get that we get it diana um any <laughs> anything else you'd like to touch on that you think our audience would benefit from from hearing from you um just if you are in the market to buy or to sell, honestly, find a realtor that you trust, try to take their advice, and be patient. And the on that note again, Diana, what areas do you, for those listening, like where do you specialize in if people want to get in contact with you? So my main base is Westchester County, specifically lower Westchester, but with so much movement and COVID changing people's like flexibility with work and stuff, um, I definitely have begun to do more work in like Upper Westchester, even the ed like edges of Orange, Rockland, Putnam County, like not too deep into the counties, but um, just out of Westchester. Cool. Okay. And, and I would say have patience. Definitely have patience because this market is not for the weak of heart. No, but we are experiencing a shift. Yeah, definitely. Right. Which where that's we'll going to go, we'll, we'll have to wait and see because it's interesting because it's a time where prices are continuing to rise despite rates going up. And the demand is cooling off, but not to the level where people expected, uh, expected it. I'm still seeing a lot of homes go way over asking. I don't think it's going to be this huge crash that a lot of people no, expect. And no. I think, you know what? That's actually some of the most frustrating clients are the ones that are, like, so insistent that this, like, huge, that this bubble is going to burst any day now without yeah. really understanding the factors that have led to where we are because it's not the same as it has been in the past. This um, isn't 2008. Because, well, that's everyone's most recent memory, right? It's going to be like 2008. But if you look at the data over the past, I think, 60, 70 years, home prices have only decreased twice. And I think one was 2008. The other time was in the early 70s. But other than that, they've been right. stable if they've increased. So if you're expecting another crash, I mean, maybe you get lucky, but it doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like it. And... Um but as far as the market shift, yes, I feel like things are still going for over asking, but at least the gap between the asking price and what's getting accepted, I think, is um, getting a little smaller, at least in my in my market. 
things aren't going for as crazy cool. over asking, which is good, or like thing, you know. You're giving people hope, Diana. Giving I have hope. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. We all do. But this well, is everyone still thinks that like we love this, you know, super crazy. And yeah. yes, it's busy, but uh, it's. I find that it can be more, more work with less like. Less closings because it's you know it's so competitive yeah. that it gets very if you're working with buyers it's extremely hard for us as well i mean you know we want you to get the house it's but not all sunshine and rainbows yeah. on the realtor and loan officer side that's for sure it's a lot of work all right so diana where can people reach you if they want to reach you so on instagram at romero realty underscore same thing on facebook biggity bang diana thank you very much thank you bye peace out